This is Johnny Silva. I'm the pastor at Dilly First United Methodist Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith, and I hope it gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. Enjoy the message. My family and I did a lot of traveling over the break, and sometimes you actually need a vacation from your vacation, right? Um, and as they say, at least I saw this on um, a meme, uh, Bluey, if you don't know what Bluey is, it's a, uh, a Nickelodeon, I think maybe, um, or maybe it's Disney Junior. Um, <clears throat> it's a cartoon, but they, they said this, parents don't really go on vacation. They just take care of their kids in a different city. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, so you, you can have a vacation, but not necessarily from your kids. <clears throat> um, needless to say, it was a long week for me um, back at school. Uh, Monday, um, this past Monday, was our first day back without the kids, and then Tuesday was our, our day back. And so um, it was a long week. And I don't know why it is the case, but sometimes whenever it's a shorter week, it feels like a longer week. I'm not sure why that is the case. And maybe it was because we um, had a break and we weren't really back in the swing of things just yet. But I think that it was tough for both teachers and students. And so to decompress, um, I guess maybe for the last couple of months or so, I, uh, a lot of times I will, um, as, as often as I can on a regular basis, I'll go for a walk at night. And it's a good way to kind of clear my head and that sort of stuff and then um, kind of get my exercise in a little bit too. Um, but this past week, whenever I was doing that and, and I felt like I really needed that, um, I was noticing as I was going around the, the neighborhood that there were still some Christmas decorations up. So the lights and even some you know inflatables and all that sort of stuff. And so I was like, well, okay. I mean, that's still good, I guess. Um, and I'm not saying, uh, I'm not um, putting any judgment uh, against those that still have a Christmas lights or anything like that. Because um, if I remember correctly, maybe, um, maybe one of those houses that I was looking at that still had the um, lights up and all that sort of stuff could have been mine. I don't know. Uh, I, I was going at a really fast pace, so it, everything looked the same, I think. But, but with that said, um, there are some people that still have those things up. And maybe for a couple of different reasons. But who knows? Maybe they're legit, legitimate reasons <clears throat> or excuses. Um, but that might be a reason for them still having those decorations up. And maybe we have so much going on that we just haven't got around to it just yet. Or maybe we just like Christmas so much that we want to hold on just a little bit longer before moving into and moving forward with the new year. But isn't this true for so many of us, though? Not the keeping up the decorations and all that, but, but that we know that we need to let go of some things before we can truly step into something new. And it might be that, that we need to let go of some an unhealthy eating habits, maybe, so we can fully launch into this new year uh, on the right foot. And it might be that we have to let go of what we have considered maybe a, a sedentary lifestyle in favor of a more active one. 
It might be that we need to let go of our old way of doing things, no matter how familiar and comfortable they might be, so we can truly give ourselves a shot at something better. After all, change is inevitable. Growth is optional. I'll say that one more time. Change is inevitable. Growth is optional. Or put another way, change is coming whether we want it to or not, meaning that we have no control over this. Change will come. Adapting, learning, and growing from and with change, well, that's up to us. So this sermon series that we're starting today is called Onward, Launching into a New Year. And this aims to help us begin this new year right and in the right way and maybe help us get a little bit closer to Jesus every single day. It helps us to really live this life that Jesus has set out for us. So following Jesus or even for the first time or even recommitting our lives to him is a daily decision. This is a journey on which we embark, one full of ups and downs, time spent on the path, time spent so far away from the path we don't even know where it once was. This series will help us by examining the important elements of a successful journey and then how it applies to our continual walk with Jesus. So today, we move forward, we go onward. So today, we speak of discipleship. And we think we know what it means to be a disciple, but just in case we don't, we look to the book of Luke, chapter 14, verses 25 through 33, just maybe to see exactly what it means to be a disciple and if we're up to the task. So a little bit of um, understanding about our journey of faith. Through the book of Luke, we see some imagery of banquets. We see a lot of imagery of banquets, um, of meals, uh, as a way of offering some wisdom in a non-threatening and maybe even in an, an inviting way. And for Luke, the imagery of Jesus at a table, at a table, was that that someone who invites, someone who accepts and receives all kinds of people from all walks of life. And this is the proof of which we have revealed to us many times with the simple breaking of a bread. Now, if you remember, Luke is a storyteller. He is... A good storyteller, I think, but he also is basically recounting Jesus and what he thought was important. And so from his perspective, this was something that a lot of things can happen when you gather around a table. A lot of things can happen when you break bread with one another. And even for those who weren't really ready to accept Jesus as he accepted them, his popularity was very much on the rise. People heard about Jesus. People heard about all the things that were happening. 
So just being around him was something that was very popular and something that people were aspiring to do. And there were so many who didn't even know why they were following him other than the fact that they were just intrigued and maybe even a little bit curious about what he, he was all about and if what they heard was actually true. And maybe, and most importantly, if he could change their lives for the better, maybe that was possible for them. So these people, like us, these people like us, they follow Jesus because they are in need of healing. They're in need of wholeness and hope and a new outlook on life and maybe even a new life. And they, they knew that their old way of doing life was not working. And so maybe he could be the one to finally save them and set them free so that they can truly live into this good life that they were so desperate for. So with all of this, we look to the book of Luke, chapter 14, and we start with verse 25. Now large crowds were traveling with him, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and yes, even life itself, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Now again, this is not something that they want to hear. But remember, there's a whole bunch of people following Jesus, and some of them for the right reasons, some of them not for the right reasons. And he is just trying to make clear about what it means. You're following me, but do you really even know what that means? So here Jesus is teaching and he continues to teach in parables about the kingdom, but, but the great crowds are following him. And he teaches about the cost of what it truly means to be a disciple and follow him. And so this first example is the relationship of a believer to a family and to Jesus. Now the word hate used here, it's a bit extreme. But in this context, it could also mean turning away from detaching oneself from, or even love less than. So that's what hate can mean in this particular context. So in other words, believers should not love anyone or anything more than Jesus. To do so would be idolatry. Putting something or someone else in the rightful place of Jesus is considered idolatry. So Jesus wants us to put him first and foremost and above all else. Now that is difficult. It's not easy. But this is what he's calling us to do. If you want to follow me, this is what it means. Now one reason I think that Jesus is saying this is because all those that are following him, they might not know what's going on exactly. And so we can and can't be disciples in this particular way. But the way to, to truly think about this is, can I do this? And so a, a way to think about it is, I have to evaluate my life. 
and I have to see, is this something that I have in me? Is this something that I feel like I can actually do? And evaluate if they really want to do what it takes and if they have what it takes to do everything that he asks of them. So in some ways, it's almost the way I see it, kind of like a job interview. Do you meet the minimum criteria, the qualifications? Are you willing and able to carry out these job duties? Now, Jesus is basically asking all within earshot. So that means us too, all that hear him to evaluate if they have what it takes to actually follow him. So he sees all these people and he's like, okay, wait a minute. Do you even know why you're following me? And so he continues on in verse 28. And he begins with this. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all will see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, this fellow began to build and was not able to finish. So in this illustration, we think about this as a building this project, right? We can see this. This is something that we can visibly see. This tower that is trying to be built, that we are trying to build. And Jesus points out here that no one, no one starts to build a tower before finding out if they can actually do it, right? If they actually have everything that they need to actually make this happen. So you don't want to start something that you can't finish. So don't let following Jesus be a fad. Something that just seems good at the time, and then, but you really don't follow through with it. There will be times where it is not popular and very difficult, actually, to be a follower of Jesus. So I think that this is one thing that he's kind of cautioning about. He wants us there, but he wants us to know the cost as well. So he continues on with another illustration. Or what king going out to wage war against another king will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000. He cannot then, while the other is still far away, oh, if he cannot, then while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So here in this illustration, we see a king possibly going to war. And again, before he can actually start the war, he has to consider what he has available to him. Is this even a possibility? Will he be able to, with the amount of soldiers that he has, win and achieve victory? If this is something that is not going to happen and can't happen, then he doesn't go to war. Instead, he surrenders. All of these examples how we um, think about our relationship with others, how we consider if we can actually do what Jesus is telling us to do, like building a, an altar, not building an altar, building um, a tower 
And even here, where it's asking this king if he's going to go to war, if he's going to be able to do what he's asked to do, or, or he's considering doing, it is something that we have to, to think about. All three of these examples, it's deliberation, it's choosing wisely, and it's finishing well. All three of these. So the, the journey of faith with Jesus requires counting the cost daily. Not to give up, but focusing on what matters for success. And although this might seem a bit harsh, Jesus is really doing this and trying to lay everything out and lay it all down so we can see it all. So we can consider it, truly consider it without sugarcoating anything. Following Jesus necessarily includes sacrifice. Following Jesus is not something you can just do sometimes and not others, or even only when it's convenient or when you get around to it. Following Jesus is an entire way of life. I'm going to try to bring this back up if we can. There we go. We'll get there. And with all of this, we, we have to consider that Jesus is saying all of this for a particular reason. For a reason so that we can consider this for ourselves and see if this is actually something we can do going forward. But we continue on with verse 33. All of this is to say, all this in mind, he's saying all of these things because of this. So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. So again, that seems a bit harsh, a bit extreme. But here again, whenever he says, therefore, take it to mean that I've said all of these things for this particular purpose. So I can say to you this, that Jesus says these things and gives these examples, these specific examples, so that we might understand what it means to become a true disciple of Jesus Christ. And I, wanna, I want you to consider that word become, because if we look here, it says, therefore, none of you can become my disciple. And I want to take that time to, to consider that word become, because I think it warns us against the notion that it is easy and or that it, it takes, it should necessarily take time and it is a process to actually become a disciple. It also implies growth. It, it implies maturity and this lifelong journey. It's a way of life. And you are never fully a disciple, but you are always necessarily in the process of becoming a disciple and becoming a better disciple. The journey is where it's at. And I hope you understand that Jesus is not trying to discourage you or anybody else who is trying to follow him from becoming his disciple. He's very simply revealing to you and to everybody that could hear the truth about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Jesus isn't saying that you should sell everything in order to follow him. At least not in this particular case. 
Possessions, you see, are anything that can hold you back from consciously moving forward and specifically moving forward and following Jesus. Now, possessions can be referring to things like a house, a car, a job, relationships, even money. It could also be referring to people that we have in our lives. It could also be referring to the way that we live our lives first for us instead of putting Jesus first. But you see, all of this is trying to paint a picture. And, and that's what Jesus does with parables, with the examples and stuff. He's trying to get us to envision this because this is part of a journey, the journey of becoming a disciple of Jesus. It means to evaluate everything and everyone that you have in your life. Weigh the actual cost of what it means to follow Jesus. And for those that are making some big decisions in their life, there is none bigger than this. But with any big decision in your life, you have to weigh the cost and the benefit. Does the cost outweigh the benefit or does the benefit outweigh the cost? And you move forward if you know that there, what you're putting into it, you're going to get out. The return on investment is good. So going back to this job interview metaphor, there have been so many times when interviewers have painted this picture of the best possible scenario, picture of this job that you're thinking of, a picture of the, the culture of the employees, and it might not be the same thing that we experience in reality. They don't necessarily lie, but they definitely don't tell us the whole truth and reveal a more accurate picture of what we're actually stepping into. Now, they purposely left out some key details so that we might have a better understanding of what they want from us. But really and truly what has happened is they, that they've left out these details and it could have altered our decision to take the job in the first place. I'm not sure if you've ever been in a situation like that, but I have. And there have been some great things that they say about this job. You're going to love this job. You're going to love the people. The culture is great. Everything's great. And I'm like, okay, this sounds awesome. And then you go there and then you start to talk to people. And there is a big thing that they left out. Oh, yeah. I forgot to tell you after you've already accepted the job and done all the paperwork. This is what you're going to be dealing with. Oh, that's who you're going to have to be dealing with. Oh, that sort of stuff. But isn't that life, though? We never get the full picture. But this is exactly what Jesus is trying to give us. He's trying to give us the full picture, not just the good stuff. Because it's easy to follow after somebody when you know that everything is good. Everything is awesome. It's easy. Well, yeah, everybody's going to want to do that. And if you look at these, um, these diets that right now everybody's trying to say, yeah, do this, do this. It's really easy. You can do whatever you want and still lose weight and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, they're not giving you the full picture. And maybe there's a, a little bit of um, advertisement that is not being truthful. But Jesus, what Jesus is doing here is complete opposite. Like we saw before, there were large crowds following him, many of which were doing so 
because everybody else was doing it. Because they saw the benefit and they didn't consider the cost. There were some who were attracted to following Jesus for the wrong reasons. Jesus wants to be upfront and honest with anyone considering following him. To more fully and faithfully follow Jesus, it will require you to leave some things behind, maybe some people behind, and maybe some ways of thinking behind. To follow Jesus is to trust Jesus, not just with a few things, but with everything, with your entire life. So hear me when I say this. You cannot follow Jesus and stay where you are. To follow Jesus is a call to action. I'll tell you that one more time. You cannot follow Jesus and stay where you are. To follow Jesus is a call to action. This invitation to follow Jesus is real. This invitation to follow Jesus is an amazing opportunity to change your life for the better. It is a call to action. And this could be the best decision you have ever made in your entire life. Because following Jesus, it necessarily changes you for the better. Because it's made ministers out of prisoners, saints out of fools, miracles through cynicals. It's broken all of the rules that our, our world has in place. It's amazing what Jesus can do in your life. If you accept that imitation and you actually put your faith into action and follow him. So we can not be ashamed of the gospel. We cannot be ashamed for following Christ. And then we will not be the same as we follow Christ. The way I think about it is that it can help us because we are broken and we are in need of healing. We are in need of something better. We are in need of something more. But I know as well as you do that God, you've seen this happen over and over again and maybe even in your life that God has made broken beautiful. All things possible. With God, all things are possible. And on, on this journey, what you'll see is things that you have never seen before because you've never gone this way before. You've never been so close to Jesus, as they say, whenever you're following a rabbi, that you are covered in his dust. You are following so closely that you see what Jesus sees. This invitation is real. This invitation is amazing. This invitation is an opportunity for you to change your life. This is a life or death situation. So I ask that you take it seriously. My hope and my prayer is that you will see what it means to truly follow Jesus and be a disciple and become a disciple of Jesus Christ.
because we cannot follow Jesus and stay where we are. So let's get moving onward into this new year, into this beautiful life spent walking with Jesus. And it's not just for us. This invitation is not just for all of us here, but it's so that we can invite others along the way. And so we can say, follow me as I follow Jesus. Isn't that beautiful, though? Because it's we're all on this journey together. And so we're saying, I'm going to do the best I can to follow Jesus. Why don't you come with me, too? So follow me as I follow Jesus. It's not about me. I'm the middleman, but I am seeing something better. I want you to come along, too. Why wouldn't you want somebody that you love, that you care for, to be with you, to be with Jesus on the best road possible. It's not easy, but it's worth it. You cannot follow Jesus and stay where you are. So let's get moving. Let's get moving onward. Let's get moving on this journey with Jesus. And I can't wait to see where this leads us. Whether this leads you, me, this church, we have new things coming before us. May we go with Jesus. May we follow Jesus and invite others to follow us as we follow Jesus. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Thanks be to God. Amen. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There's a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And please share this message with friends and family to help us spread the gospel message. And thanks again for joining us on Dilly First United Methodist Church podcast. Blessings.